What's up, everybody, and welcome to ITG Daily, the show that brings you the hottest in gaming news each and every day. I'm Drew Bosley, that's Scott Savage, and you can join us over on our YouTube membership program for only $4.99. You can join us live every Monday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, as we go and bring you the ITG Gamecast. And last night's talk was a hot one, as Xbox seems to be bringing games over to PlayStation. Yeah, there'll be more to follow on that one, or you can hit us up later and catch it a week later after it's gone live. Well, we're on our YouTube channel, Inside the Game Official. But Scott, what's on today's show, buddy? Today we're going to be talking about Henry Cavill and the Warhammer 40k cinematic universe. That has me really excited. If World of Warcraft can get one, I digress. <laughs> we also go on to Skull and Bones single player mode and what could have been, but was ultimately shelved in favor of something else. And we also have, lastly, Elden Ring mobile game that may be coming up in the future. I'm really curious for that. Very. Let's check it out. Henry Cavill. <laughs> Dude, is it? <laughs> Skull and bone. I don't know, man. I'm never gonna. I'm not gonna forget that when they brought up that band, and that's how they opened this up with, and they started singing Skull and Bones. But former Skull and Bones director says making a separate solo campaign would have prevented the team from creating a really deep open world. Interesting thought. Ever heard of Black Flag? Just saying. Mm -hmm. Rick Lane over at PC Gamer. <laughs> Ubisoft's long-awaited and much-delayed Pirate Adventures Skull and Bones has been elusive not just in terms of its release date, but in what kind of game it actually is. That's fair to say. First, it was a match-based, multiplayer-exclusive affair. Then it was going to feature multiple game modes, including single-player. And now it's supposed to be a shared-world experience similar to Sea of Thieves. It's changed direction more times than a sloop stuck in a whirlpool. <laughs> but a new report oh boy. <laughs> by IGN lays out the whole twisting saga of the game's development in a step-by-step -step detail, along with the reasons behind its multiple changes of tack. As part of the former creative director, Elizabeth Palin, reveals the fate of the game's touted single-player campaign and why Ubisoft Singapore opt to ditch it. Skull and Bones was originally revealed in 2017, Scott. 27. It's been that long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man. As a multiplayer exclusive affair. But by E3 2018, Ubisoft had announced three modes for Skull and Bones the 5v5 multiplayer mode called Loot Hunt, a cooperative shared world mode, and the single player campaign. In reality, however, the game was still in its prototyping stage with none of these modes fully formed and no firm, firm direction for the game. When Elizabeth replaced the previous game director, Justin Farron, she looked at the project and decided, quote, it would be safer and maybe more interesting for other players to fully focus on the open world, end quote. Palin told IGN. As a consequence, both the, so the solo campaign and the 5 versus 5 multiplayer mode were ditched. Quote, we didn't have the full team to deliver a full solo campaign, end quote, Palin said. Moreover, Pelin felt that a significant part of the pirate fantasy was creating your own destiny and that a narrative-driven solo story didn't really fit with that. She stated, quote, We really wanted to give the opportunity to the player to write their own story. Instead of working on a solo campaign that would have prevented the team from creating a really deep open world, we built lore that can be consumed like a puzzle in the order you want. End quote. Dude, I'm in. Like, that sounds incredible to me. I love 
pirates. I love Pirates of the Caribbean. I love Sea of Thieves. <laughs> and now I'm hoping I'm going to love Skull and Bones. God knows it's been a... Feels like a decade, right? Since we've actually <laughs> heard about it to the point where we're now... Dude, it is like out next... Is it next week, I think? Like, we should hopefully see codes days, next I week. Believe, yeah. yeah, so we should get our codes here hopefully soon. It is... Uh, this is funny because it's popping up a lot lately. Um, when we get our codes, a lot of times it depends on who we work with and, and what company. But sometimes we'll get a code the day of, the week before, or even a month before. Often PlayStation is generous enough to give us codes way in advance to let us take the time to invest into them. Right? Like when we had, it was Horizon Forbidden West. Dude, I had the code for a month before the game launched. Right? Oh so, yeah. So we were able to Elden dive Ring in. even. Yeah, exactly. So you can get in, spend the time that you need to, to in order to do our job, which is fantastic. Here's the difference, though. This is an online game, right? They need to have the servers up. So we've seen this as of recently with Suicide Squad, right? Helldivers. Yeah. We're still waiting on Helldiver codes. Helldivers 2, it's an online game, right? The servers need to be online. So we're still waiting for those codes. So those of you hopefully coming in here sooner than later. Skull and Bones, probably the same instance. However, in the past... Dude, if you haven't received a code ahead of time, there's generally a reason why, right? That is concerning. But yeah. when you take a look at the online component, <clears throat> there's a heavy focus on online, right? You need to roll with your crew. You're battling against other people. You can't do that unless the servers are online with Skull and Bones. <laughs> so that's where we're kind of going, right? But I'm definitely, the more I see on the game, the more hype and excitement I'm starting to build for it. I'm keeping my expectations tempered. Dude, it's kind of like where I, right where I'm at right now with Suicide Squad, right? We just got our code. Steve and I are reviewing it for the show. And it was one of those, man, going in, this does not look good. Low expectations. Dude, I'm actually higher now. The more I've played. Mm. So I'm like, okay. I'm starting to, okay, cool. Definitely got some issues. But there's things Steve and I will break down and get into this week before next week's show. But it's been an interesting... All right, it's not as bad as everybody says, right? Like, and, and us included, because when I was really down on it, when we first saw it, I'm like, who wants this? Nobody wants this. This is where we're going. And now that I'm playing it, I'm like, ah, okay. It's got that rock steady charm, but there's got a couple other little quirks and things in there that I'm just, okay. Well, yeah. But again, look for a full review on that. Getting to Skull and Bones, dude, it's been like a roller coaster, right? Up and down, up and down, up and down. I was like, what are you guys doing over here? Why is it taking so long? They had a contract with Singapore, so they can't do anything. They have to do it. They have to make the game. So And then they just re-roll. Re-roll it again because they have a different vision, a different idea. Bring in a new lead. Makes new changes. Takes longer. Scrap the first. Now we get back in. And it's been all over the place. Scott, where are you right now with Skull and Bones? It's been so long that it's been delayed and talked about <clears throat> and had the real scrutiny behind it that I thought, well... Maybe there is something to this. If it's really still going to come out and actually drop, maybe I should approach it with an open mind, similar to oh, yeah. yourself with Suicide Squad, because yep. I really do like what this came from. The kind of single player, go out and challenge a new ship, defeat it and go and redo it again. I think that could work as a, <clears throat> a single player or as an arena based. I think I kind of see their vision there. Yeah, But the idea of that being a, a shared universe has to be with another friend or multiple people online. I think that's also a really interesting idea. I'm wondering if this is really going to um, have the, the, the legs. I don't have another term for that. The sea legs, they say that, <laughs> for, uh, to, to stay afloat for long enough or to give us long. <clears throat> Are we going to go through that entire year of 
uh, roadmap DLC, and then that's it. It's just done. Yeah. Is this going to satisfy the itch that I have from a decade ago of Black Flag fighting those pirate things? And I'm I'm keeping an open mind for that because I think that still is possible here. Which is fair, right? The report also details other reasons behind Skull and Bones' numerous delays, such as figuring out how to build a shared PvE and PvP world, the decision to make the game exclusive to the newest generation of consoles, which makes total sense now because it's been delayed for so long, right? It was initially coming for mm -hmm. PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. Here we go. We're now in the Series X S and the PlayStation 5. So why not bring it to the latest console, uh, consoles, which then, how? what's the graphical update look like for that? Is kind of where I'm at now, right? The latter of which meant to be the part of the team couldn't work while the game was ported from the previous generation, right? So they have upraised that they have changed it over new format, new this, that, and the other. It's worth noting that Palin hasn't seen the game to its conclusion either, having left the project late last year. More recent delays have been due to Ubisoft Singapore making adjustments based on beta tests of the game with the developers adding new elements like tutorial characters and changing the process of boarding other ships from a cutscene to a real-time action that uses grappling hooks. You need to aim. You need to have a feeling of range. It's no longer as straightforward as just pressing a button, said the game's current director, Yon Yi Mak. So that's where we're at now. Dude, change of hands over here all over the place? skull and bones and it makes me a little nervous at the end of the day dude it does it really mm. does right we've seen three different leads now on one game one game dude three different people leading the charge that is never a good sign you want to that see... is worrisome when you think of um things like duke nukem forever and that went through probably a dozen different uh, companies leadership and, and yeah. changes and it didn't work out very well but everybody knows that story no, exactly. But again, how well does this pull off, right? They do have the roadmap for its first year. What comes next? We talk about Sea of Thieves often on the show. Dude, they're in season 11 right now. <laughs> like, the, yo, they're yeah. they full, full charge here, and they're just crushing it, which is great. But then you get into where we're coming out now with a new pirate game. Different than Sea of Thieves, right? You don't play as a first-person perspective, jumping off the ship, going out onto the island. Instead... You play as the ship. You can't command... Like, you don't grab the helm, right? Like, you're not doing that. You're commanding your crew and doing all those kind of tasks just like you did back in Black Flag. Or even if you go into Odyssey, you take charge, but then you're the ship. You're, you're sending out your shots, your arrows, your whatever you're shooting, your cannons, <coughs> right? All that stuff and sending out sail. And then when you get to an island, you then hop off. But it's only to get your quest like you're not i don't believe you're actually fighting all the fighting is meant to be at sea and this is where i'm like hmm could we get some actual pirate fighting like i would love to hold the <laughs> sword right shoot the gun so we will see at the end of well, the day might... but man it's been a long time coming it'll be interesting if this makes you play a lot more sea of thieves <laughs> <laughs> not exactly what ubisoft had in mind no no pushes you in the other direction is not exactly what they're looking for <laughs> Scott, this is an interesting one. As Henry Cavill says, heading up the Warhammer 40,000 cinematic universe is the greatest privilege of my professional career. Dude came off the Witcher, man. And now we're getting into <laughs> this Warhammer. This Superman himself. Right? Andy Jock over at PC Gamer. It's been an interesting couple of years for Henry Cavill, the Superman turned Witcher actor who 
in a shockingly brief run of bad luck, ended up out of both jobs. <laughs> wow. But he landed on his feet at the head of the new Warhammer 40,000 cinematic universe. And in a new interview with Josh Howitz, he said there's nowhere he'd rather be. Uh, well, what else would you say at this point, though, when you're already in the making of it? Like, you, you're not going to trash talk it. <laughs> quote, it is the greatest privilege of my professional career to have this opportunity, end quote, Cavill said, of the big budgeted Warhammer 40k project, which he will both produce and star in. Quote, I can't say too much. Again, it's early days still, but have to, but to have this opportunity to bring it to the screen and be at the tiller so it can be faithful is key to me. This is the stuff I've been dealing with since I was a kid. This is the stuff I spend my free time daydreaming about as an adult as well. And I get to bring it into life. And there's no greater reason that I joined the industry than doing something like this. And I'm very happy to be here. End quote. Dude, he's a 40k. He's a Warhammer guy, right? Like, he actually collects the figures, paints them himself, and plays the game. <clears throat> Dude's all in. I think this is cool. I think it's a good fit. And I think it honestly sucks that we lost Henry over at The Witcher because moving forward for The Witcher has me very concerned. Yeah, it kind of seems like he got in trouble. And maybe it's just the myth behind it, but he got in trouble with The Witcher because he was trying to defend the source material and how they should adhere to the source material, which is refreshing coming off of something like Halo. Yeah. And to see that kind of uh, care for the craft, care for the, the source material into a Warhammer thing is exactly what you need for Warhammer. There's so much lore, there's so much uh, back knowledge to the game, to the different factions, and so much that has to be going around in his head <clears throat> and be uh, up-to-date, proper knowledge on the subject. To come into a cinematic universe, I think that could be really, really cool. If you want to think about how World of Warcraft got a movie, Warhammer well, could have a whole series. Well, should they go from movie from film into television with it you think scott we've seen a lot of it happen lately right i think this certainly would work that way maybe better because you could tell more of a story um yeah something that could be done in several movies but there's just so many of these larger than life characters and just an incredibly long time frame Forty thousand years is forty thousand years of the future that's what that stands for but it continues <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely curious. I'm not a 40k guy. I've never played any of them. Uh, dude, from the board games to the video games, right? I've just never been into that scene. But I'm interested to follow Harry and see what he does here to continue on and bring it to the big screen to see if that's enough to pull me in. Dude, are you starving this morning? Because all I can hear is your grumbling <laughs> stomach. <laughs> but it's interesting to see that Henry goes from being Superman loses that goes to the witcher loses that and now he's into this the guy's not going anywhere and i've seen him called out on it on his 40k <laughs> obsession right but he owns it and he just like who care if you don't like it i don't care like i don't really care you know people yeah. shun me for being in video games you know what people would love there's to do, what we do though? like there's yeah it's weird <laughs> there's a really weird stigma when it comes to warhammer in general I think it's because it's viewed as uh, the tabletop game. Oh, that's for nerds. But yeah. <clears throat> I feel like I've been fighting that whole uh, thought <laughs> my entire life with video games, too. So it's interesting. But I want to see 
really what I want to see out of this is more Dawn of War games. The Dawn yeah. of War bolt or Warhammer bolt gun. Sure. Sorry, I'm confusing two things. Dawn of War Warhammer is what I mean. That's my favorite Warhammer game out of the 2000s. I would like to see another version of that. And if we get all eyes on Warhammer 40k, maybe that's the kind of thing that will happen. Yeah, you never know, right? This could spark a whole new set of games, board games, whatever comes around from it. It's everything like back in the old days, dude. You drop a movie, you get all the, te- the all the toys to go with it, right? Maybe this mm-hmm. could line up for the game side now too to kind of keep, dude. But 40k is still going. It's not like he's gone anywhere. They're coming out with another one. So isn't it Space Marines just out or coming out soon? Like so. The, that's know, I, true, yeah. Yeah, th- there's always that's something. not the real time <laughs> strategy. That's the only thing that I'm looking for sure. specifically. Dude, Gears Tactics kind of brings me back to uh, oh man. Can we get a tactics game? You think that could work really well? Actually, I'm not sure if there is one. Now I'm, I'm trying to remember. There's so many of them, and their titles are so long. <laughs> man, wait, there's, it's so long. It's like one of the longest titles around. 40k Warhammer. Blah 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 blah. It's like, holy man, what else you got? But it's a series that's been around forever. They're in the toys, they're in the board games, they're in the video game space. Now they're into the film space as well. Very cool to see this franchise just keep growing and expanding. And then to have Henry lead the charge, I think is one of the greatest moves. Scott, we did not see this one coming, dude. This gun kind of makes me laugh, actually. Tencent is reportedly working on Elden Ring mobile game. Inspired by Genshin Impact. Oh. <laughs> what is happening? You had me in the first half there, but... <laughs> I don't even... Uh, I don't know about that, man. I, we'll see how... <laughs> Jordan Midler over at BGC. That's according to Reuters, citing three people familiar with the matter. Tencent, which owns 16% stake in Elden Ring developer from software, is also a licensee of the game and has reportedly been working on a prototype of a mobile version of the game for some time. Interesting. According to the report, Tencent plans to make Elden Ring free-to-play game with in-app purchases, citing Genshin Impact as an inspiration. From software, okay. Tencent did not respond to Reuters when asked for comment on the potential port. Elden Ring was released on Almost everything. PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series XS, and PC. No Switch. On February 25th, mm-hmm. 2022. And was one of the year's best-selling games. Just days before the first anniversary of its release, publisher Bandai and Namco claimed that the game has sold 20 million copies. Shadow of the Earth Tree was announced three days after the title's first anniversary, although further details about the expansion weren't confirmed. In an update in December, Elden Ring producer... Who's that, Scott? Yashiro Kitao? Yasuhiro Kitao. That was close. Said development of the expansion was progressing well, but suggested that fans shouldn't expect a release in the near future. Don't expect it anytime soon, Scott. That kind of sucks, man. It's been two years. I would have expected to see... It just makes me go, how big is the Erd Tree, Scott? How big is this DLC going to be? And make people yeah. come back in, right? They're going to pull back in for sure. But going to mobile isn't something I expected this to happen. I'm wondering how well it plays. And, man, I, I'm just not a mobile player at the end of the day. <clears throat> no. It's just not my scene, right? Well, that's the thing. is, I, I do have to keep respectful because mobile gaming is ginormous. And even though I don't quite understand 
I don't quite understand how Elden Ring would work in a mobile sense, but there's somebody that could put that together creatively. Maybe there is a good experience to be had. I can't say exactly because I haven't played it, but the idea, if we're going to list Genshin Impact as an inspiration, that sounds like shooting yourself in the foot (laughs) to me. And A bit of a hot take here. I I understand a lot of people really like Genshin Impact, and it's there for somebody, but... It sounds when it comes to the mobile side and having paid um, cosmetics and items like that, it, it sounds to me like loot box simulator. And I thought we defeated that years ago now, but Genshin Impact carries on. And uh, to see that, in my opinion, taint the Elden Ring kind of yeah. brand by uh, making something of that kind of quality, of that kind of trapping nature, loot boxes, I can't get behind that. Which is fair, right? There is obviously something that goes into... The thing is, the mobile industry is so big because it pulls in mom and dad too, right? Like, it pulls in a whole other generation that may not be on the console side. So for us, who are already here on console, we're like, yo, there's one way to play Elden Ring, and that is not on my phone. (laughs) So for that, we're going to go to our consoles. Now, moving over, how else do you capture other people who have heard about the game but don't have a console? So let's pull them into the mobile side. Build out something there, and then, yeah, we'll just really skin after skin after skin after skin. And then you can just go purchase, purchase, purchase. And there's a reason why the mobile industry is the biggest in the gaming market, right? Dude, it has so many people playing. And now Netflix has tapped into this mobile side, too, with their side of their gaming industry. Like, it just it's an interesting turn of events that's going on. And for us as, I don't even want to call us a hardcore, because there's hardcore mobile players, man. That will just blow your yeah. mind. Like, I watch PUBG Mobile a lot. And, dude, the, the things they pull off, I was like, that is nuts. But it's oh, interesting Fortnite watch, Mobile right? is insane. You see kids building yeah. five-star hotels and instantly. Yeah, that's just it. So when you get into the mobile side, dude, there's money to be made. And how else? <laughs> it helps keep the lights on, man, like, without a doubt, right? Mm-hmm. And people want to play Elden Ring. You can play Elden Ring on the go. Scott, that's kind of cool. Dude, like, that's a cool aspect to go, hey, what are you doing? Yo, right now, you can play uh, Death Stranding on iOS devices. That's true. That's something I have to keep reminding myself. This is not <laughs> in- impossible. Because no. I'm wondering, it, it can't just be Elden Ring one-to-one brought over to a mobile. Surely not. That is actually a lot more possible than I'm, than I first would have thought. But yeah. I still don't think that. I'm, I'm picturing, what is this, Mario Go? Where you're kind of no. you're jumping over objects. <laughs> and I, I just... I want to have serious doubts because it's mobile, but then again, that's silly in today's era. It's the, it's the touchscreen that I lose the tactile feel of it, right? Like, I want a controller. I think that's my biggest thing when I have a downfall to the mobile side is I'm smashing my screen, and it doesn't quite work the way I want it to. But I'm definitely curious yeah. to see how this goes. Dude, and it's free to play. How many people are going to jump on this on day one? It's going to be huge. I'd absolutely try it. Scott, there's a couple games out today and one coming to PlayStation Plus. What is it? That's right. We have Foam Stars on PlayStation 4 and 5. I'm very curious to see how that (laughs) one does. We have Clem on PC and Switch. And Race Boat Simulator Racing is on PlayStation 4. That's Race Boat Simulator Racing. There you go. Clem just reminds me of The Walking Dead from Telltale. (laughs) Dude, that's just a legendary game. I loved that game. But that'll wrap up today's show, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with us. This has been ITG Daily, the show that brings you the hottest in gaming news each and every day. We'll be back again tomorrow. I'm Drew. That's Scott. And we'll see you inside the game.